Grog. Hello and welcome to the Cider Shed podcast. It's me, Peter Fickling, and we have a full house. Kerry Warbis is back from uh, getting herself all good and leathery in the sun, uh, Spanish sunshine. And uh, Matthew, you're in Porto. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. I'm so excited to have Kerry back. I've, I thought about putting a t-shirt on. <laughs> That's the opposite of what you should be doing. Ah, you fool. celebrate Kerry with nudity. Yes, please. Yeah. And the Kerry, how was it? I mean, did you did you miss us? I didn't know because, <laughs> which sounds awful, but because I listened to you, you see. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. I very much enjoyed listening to you. You, you two did good. I thought. We did get one comment that was, um, I think it was kind of damned with faint praise. Someone sort of said, oh, they were expecting some kind of testosterone-soaked sausage fest. And instead, (laughs) Matthew and I were actually reasonably sensitive. That was our first one, wasn't it? They said they didn't think they'd like the idea of two guys chatting about the archers, but it was quite nuanced. (laughs) And then I listened back to us. I was like, is it though? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nuanced, yeah. Does that mean, is that another word for meandering nonsense? Yes, I think so. Good. Okay. Right, well, fair enough. Oh, I liked well, it. Yeah, well, I'm um, talking of meandering nonsense. Um, Eddie, Oliver, and the Flower and Produce Show. Oh God, it's one of those storylines, isn't it? You know, lots of Twitter people are going, "Oh God, here we go again." Silly, silly, silly. Um, I did think at the end of tonight's episode that maybe there's already some sort of secretly arranged Joe tribute thing that people are sorting out that eddie has no clue about that he's actually i was gonna say over but you know um i've said it now do you know what i mean like will the community have thought come on let's yeah, not go and no i was just i was yeah. just listening to you and thinking i i know what you mean it does it would sort of be quite poignant was joe, it but it was joe that loved in the village that it, all this time after his death and was the flower and produce do people make that connection joe flower and produce flower and produce joe well, it seems to me like eddie eddie and a couple of other grundies are the only people who are mm. kind of placing that level of importance on it yeah he's he's the one driving up the flagpole isn't he trying to remind everyone about it i don't think it's ever present in people's minds i mean yeah, there's that's that point true. where he was talking to kenton he was like he would have been hundred and and it was like, good old Joe. I was like, he's dead. I know. Can dead people have birthdays? Yeah, it was a bit strange, that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand the celebration of strangers' birthdays, dead or alive. Um, I, this is one of my frequent Twitter rants. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, when I see, it's like, a, you know, it says, you know, and uh, John Travolta's turned 72 this year. And it's like, yeah, and? He's not you, dead. You could make an entire um, BBC4 comedy program for half an hour about it guessing famous people's birthdays which Osman had to finally do something terrible and that was it (laughs) i've only seen anecdotally people complaining about that on twitter i haven't heard it oh man you've got to have a go just to experience the horror i think i I listened to it on my um, hotel bed in spain uh by accident because i'd got the time zones incorrect you know to listen to the archers and fell into that mire of just honestly you can understand like drunk a bit with your mates going oh guess how old ulrika johnson is well i used to do it over breakfast with my flatmate (laughs) yeah but do you want other people to hear you doing that with your flatmate probably not stretched out over a 30 minute show no And they kept saying things like, that's interesting. And it very, very, very much wasn't. Yeah, it did. It did sort of. um, Do you remember that, uh, you know, back in the 80s, they used to have uh, the BBC would buy E.T., the film. And in order to get it from, insert name, a big movie company, they'd also have to buy um, all of Monkey all of uh, um, the water margin, all of Bonanza, you know, like they, it was all came in, it was a giant package that mm. kind of came as one. And, you know, the BBC bought 20 different um, show ideas off Richard Osman and this was how he just padded it out to make up the numbers. He was like, yeah, here you go. Yeah, but he'd done it before, hadn't he, in some other format and they transposed it onto Radio 4, I think. What's, anyway, it, what's it called, sorry? It's awful. The Birthday Cake Game or something, I think it is. Okay. And I don't, I I actually don't mind, you know, going back to dead people having birthdays, you know, obviously 
if a relative dies, you'll remember them on their birthday, but you won't celebrate ages they didn't reach, would you? Not much. Mm, I don't. I think if it's a if it's a bit of a landmark, maybe. I think it's the fact that Joe went so soon before his hundredth, wasn't it? I think. Mm. And also, I think there's moving from reality to art. I think there is a there is a bit of um an intent here to honour the actor as well, isn't there? I think. I think they're trying to do that through the character. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, no. That's, I mean, I, I, I was just as callous as you, Kerry. But I think that's what's going on there. So when does does it stop at a hundred, or do you sort of go, "Oh, he would have been two hundred today"? <laughs> I think it does because you assume they're going to peg out not long after that. Okay. What, at what at what age is it fine to be able to look someone's wife or child or you know uh, in the eye and say, "Look, they were over a hundred." Just shut up. No one cares. You know, they had a good innings. I mean, saying where at what point does they had a good innings run out? I'm going to say over 100, over being overly lachrymose and sentimental about someone's death is false and slightly sort of, mm. you know, stupid. Yeah, and trying to nobble a flower and produce competition in honour of the 100th birthday that they didn't reach is another stretch. Distorting Oliver's character and personality so terribly it was it was unlistenable hearing Oliver sort of trying to approach Jolene and, and Kenton in the pub and knowing that you know because it was Kenton they were going to activate mm -hmm. Kenton as co in comedy character <laughs> mode yet again I like um, that because I, I, when I'm Oliver they said to him you look worried you know I'm not worried uh, I'm a bit sad <laughs> <laughs> That was brilliant. Very easy for the actor to do because he was both worried and sad about the effect it was going to have. On then they said, what are, you, what are you sad about? And you went, oh, you know. And then Kenton just yes. went, yes, I know. I sat on a bunch of boxes and completely lost my mind in February. And Jolene's <laughs> like, and that's where I found him. Yeah, that was a funny bit because he, Kenton went on this little monologue, didn't he, about this is pointless. There's no point to any of this. Then you think... I'll just get through one more episode. <laughs> yeah, it but, was very sensitive to the Archers listener, wasn't it? It was. But then Chris later also said he thought everything was all pointless. And I thought, God, is this going to be something the character <laughs> says? This is a theme. Pretty much it'll be like 13 minutes of silence and we'll all just have to sit there meditatively and think, then we'll have to do a podcast about it. Yeah, I didn't Probably know if it was literal or philosophical, you know. One thing I did enjoy was when they, because I mean, like you said, Peter, it, it was out of character for Oliver and Ed, he's been out of the show for quite a long time. And then now he's just got Eddie leaning on him, kind of soprano, like you didn't, you didn't do a good enough job. Let's go around there and I'll show you how it's done. Mm -hmm. And he went around there and s spun this story to Kenton, you know, and then I thought I saw he just missed out in the parsnips <laughs> and I think I saw him crying in the moonlight. And there was that great moment where Kenton just went, yeah, okay. I thought they thought he was going to say, do you want another drink or what? <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> yeah. then he just turned around to go and um, you think he was going to go and tell Jolene, but he chickened out of it, didn't he? Imagine mm. imagine the mafia boss, um, <laughs> captain of industry, sporting legend, uh, any of these sort of titans that Eddie could have been if he put half the energy into any of those careers that he puts into kind of grifting and, and scheming around Ambridge. I mean, it's yeah. extraordinary. Apparently, you know, for his own business... He can't even buy the right machinery gear, whatever. He's got some kind of, you know, um, spreadsheet up on the wall that he was walking Oliver through, talking you know, in detail, kind of like planning out the whole, um, you know, Fandango. Yeah, all the ticks, isn't it? Oh, that was it, yeah. Uh, oh, well, anyway, you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing I thought that Kerry would have been happy with and she mm. would have been on Eddie's side was he, he did say the proof of the pudding. Oh, in, in did he? He did, but he didn't finish it. But he said the proof <sighs> of the pudding, Oliver. Oh, man, um, I missed that co totally, and I can't believe I did. Is this one of Kerry's pedantry things? Yes, it is. Right. It is. People, <laughs> yes, it is. People, yes, it is, Peter. They always say <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. It's not the proof yeah. of the pudding is in the eating. Yeah, he didn't finish it, but he certainly said the proof of the pudding, Oliver. Mm. I mean, and thank God for Fallon as well, as always. Mm. But she was the one who had to step in and say to Kenton, like, Joe Grundy, why would you do anything, even though he's dead? Why would you posthumously honour him at the Flower and Produce show? He used to, like, 
wangle free pints out of you all the time. <laughs> and, and the last thing, one of the last major plot lines I remember Joe being in was him squishing a fly into his pint in the bull so he could go up and get a free pint out of Oliver and exploit his good nature. And then I, I think he got to the bar and he overheard Oliver saying how much it kind of made him feel close to Caroline working in the bull that night. And Joe kind of shrunk away on reflection, feeling awful. So it, they were always trying to do him over. I don't see why Oliver is suddenly on board with this weird little plan of Edith. Yeah. You've, you've got a good memory. I didn't remember that fly thing. That was one of the last things I remember him doing, apart from getting lipstick put all over him by, one, by his granddaughter. Or his great-granddaughter, wasn't it? She dressed him up with lipstick, and I think that was the last scene that he did. Mm, he did. The act, to your point earlier, Matthew, the actor did go quite suddenly, didn't he? Yeah, it was very unexpected, wasn't it? Yeah. I just remember the continuity guy had to reference that that was... He didn't in a, didn't say it in as many words, but he kind of said that that was his last scene after that scene where he'd been made up. Oh. That's quite a nice way for him to go. And they did, they did um, obviously... I mean, they probably wrote it knowing that the actor was you know in advance of advancing years but uh that you you did have the lovely relationship he formed with nick i think was kind of like his last sort of big hurrah like yeah. you know, he did get some meaty plots in the last couple of years didn't he mm. sort of like and, and they rounded out the character a bit i mean that's what i'm hoping for with eddie is they stop forcing him to be this kind of one-dimensional comedy character and even kenton who i don't particularly like i mean Maybe maybe they did attempt some poignancy with Ke- with Kenton, where they tried to sort of uh, remind us they had been aware of the um, um, COVID crisis um, when they sort of had, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, sort of Kenton's sad moments in the cellar. Mm-hmm. But it, it that was quite poignant. And then he went, "That's why we're doing the hanging basket." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, so. "What?" <laughs> oh. Is this just set up for them to go head to head? A little bit of um, rivalry, but the Grundis will still come out with the um, the, the Frieda Fry Best yeah. in Show trophy, is it? W- yeah. Will it end up being theirs? I think it will be, don't you? Yeah, probably. Hey, speaking of flower and produce competitions, by the way, um, I don't know if you two are aware, there is a flower and produce competition on Twitter. Have you had a look? I did see a bit about this, yeah. Yeah. So- I accidentally I accidentally broke into your um communications with people on the on the Twitter DMs. Yeah. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Um that's easily done. But yeah, if you look at um hashtag the archers FP for flower and produce, um then you will see marvellous entries where people have contributed cakes that they've baked, um, photographs that they've taken, things that they've knitted, um, paper plates that they've decorated, all all manner of things. And the lovely Lucy Saunders is the organiser of it, um, but she's been kind of stricken by health issues and work challenges and needs a bit of a um, helping hand with getting a few more entries. And she's extended the deadline for entries till the 30th of September. Um, Julia Geddes and Judith Rosenberg on Twitter have um, rallied round to help with this. So if you all have a look at hashtag the archers FP and the categories in particular need of help are the decorating a paper plate, three things that make one think of a certain archers character. That's an interesting one. And food failures. Any photographs of food failures? Uh, but you can have a look and see, you know, you can obviously contribute other things too if you take a look at the timeline. Okay, that's nice. Yes, um, I'll have a look out for that and um, give it a shout out through my own Twitter as well. Cool. In the three things that make you think of an archer's character, can I just present a trio of aubergines for Fallon? <laughs> I I had, I had already I had already rejected several oh, dick, dick jokes in my head. I know. <laughs> but, I could yeah. hear the cogs of Peter's brain. I, was, going I, was, round I and did round. have a terrible one to do with Eddie's turkeys uh, that I uh, you know that I uh, airbrushed out. But you know, <laughs> I was also saying if you go to hashtag the archers DP, you'll see some wonderful entries too. Oh, good <laughs> grief! <laughs> I bet they're glad they asked us to promote this wholesome project. Yeah. Are we going to are we going to do them any more disservices? Are we going to are we going to maybe send out a, a tweet on the during the omnibus carriers? Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the um, whatever you send in, it has to have been done, whatever it is, in 2021. So you can't don't dig out some old um, painting that you've done or knitwear or whatever. You've got to have done it in 2021, please. Yeah, and we'll okay. put it into the description of the the show. So for the show notes that goes out with the podcast, we'll put it in there as well. Will, will, either, will either of you two be making entries? That's a very good question. Uh, I'll have to concoct. Peter, Peter is sniggering. Yeah, <laughs> that's a genuine question. A food failure. Yeah, I think I could. I could definitely do food failure. Um, but yeah, I'll see. I'm well, there's something I do at roughly ten o'clock every morning that will take care of uh, a few of the characters. So I can, you know, anyway. Is that a dump? <laughs> yeah, precisely, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it is my edit this week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a very relaxing feeling listening to all this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I I, uh, I think I said, mentioned briefly earlier on about, um, about like, Oliver and just the, 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 the it was, I mean, do you, did you find that as uncomfortable as I did? I did. I thought he was being um, railroaded. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, it, it, it was it was uncomfortable in terms of script writing, and it was also uncomfortable in terms of like Oliver. You know, if he felt sort of after everything he's done for them, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but like after everything he's done for them, he, you know, he should be he should be sort of venerated and celebrated, not kind of forced around the village trying to sort of um, you know wangle and connive. Mm. You know, connive. Yeah, I mean, guilt tripping an old bloke into nobbling this competition is pretty horrendous, isn't it? And Eddie's got the turkey receipts as well. He knows what Eddie did last Christmas. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Mm. But Eddie doesn't think straight like that, does he? And plus, I think that storyline's just gone now, isn't it? Uh, there was a there, there was a there was a period where you thought, is this a scandal? Will it come out that they didn't use the Grundy turkeys? But it, it's gone. I think it doesn't seem to have ever be, ever be coming back. Good grief! It's Christmas nearly again, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, you know we're ne- we've nearly been doing this six months. So yeah, how about that, you know, so t- t- significant time has passed. Mm. Where will we be recording our Christmas episode? Do you think? Oh, well, that's a very good point. We, I'll act- be. If all goes to plan, and you yeah. guys haven't, something hasn't gone badly wrong. I'll mm-hmm. be in England. I think. Will you? Yeah. Oh, no. shall we get together then? We could do. In Peter's studio, maybe. Yeah. Well, there have there has yeah. been vague talk of um, vague talk of me falling off the wagon and having a, a drink at some point this year. Oh my and god! I'm like, now imagining the three of us like on the yeah, list in your in your I, studio. I do feel like I'm, I'm thinking of Eddie Sellers from the guy who has one drink in Father Ted. He's <laughs> been sacked from the BBC. That's precisely no, because I, I mean, and I don't say this with any. Um, I'm already aware that this will provide a very neat segue into our next topic. But anyway, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I don't say this with any boasting at all. Like, I'm not one of those people who kind of attaches booze to some kind of like bravado or machismo but i used to have hollow legs like i could really put it away without much much effect and i am slightly terrified of how much of a lightweight i will be like you know i'll have a you know i'll try and keep go toe to toe with kerry for half an hour i'll be on the floor with you to sort of like kerry's just kerry's i mean kerry's just come back from a holiday i'm fully expecting to see her in magaluf (laughs) uncovered next i mean kerry must be mad a bit match fit at the moment like fully you know at peak performance yeah now you might think that but the person i went to Mallorca with is not a big drinker and i didn't drink very much there at all so no no but anyway i can still probably drink both of you under the table <laughs> no doubt mm. I, what i'll do peter is for christmas i'll bring my 50 year old prayer card from in my handbag i <laughs> keeping there <laughs> I mean, especially which, for which... you which particular prayer is it, Kerry? Oh God! It's not the fisherman's, is it? It'll be something else. Uh, no, I don't know any. <laughs> I don't know any others. Like is a prayer a, by Madonna? I don't know. Is there a patron saint of lamb obsessed Brian Ferry loving dipsomaniacs? Is there? <laughs> um, is there what, anything that granular or specific? I'm going to have to do some research on a website like what that Christian. What's his face does about tractors? Who's a barber? That weird character that um, Adam's working with. Oh right, oh, yeah. Christian Lancer Boyd. 
Yeah, it just made me because you said looking up stuff. I just, what is going on with that job? Well, it started out as it's just the other side of Felpersham. And now it seems like he's trekking across the Andes every day to get there and back Mm. to the point where I liked when he got home and they were doing the baby handover and there was this Peter. Ah. (laughs) Sorry, Karen, ignore me. (laughs) Well, there's a callback. (laughs) You did it. Come on. Long long time listeners. We'll get that one. Um, You were saying about the baby handover. So Adam and Ian were doing a baby handover. Not a baby hangover, a baby handover. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of left. It. And there was that point where Xander was like, how old is Xander? Like two? Well, Peter and I were wondering this before you joined. And we because, can't fathom it. We think yeah. it's about one and a half. When was, when, was Le- when did Lexi give birth? It's got to be like, it's not three, is it? But there was that point where after Adam walked, after um, Ian walked out, uh, Xander went, wah, wah, and Adam's like, I'll be right there, Xander. <laughs> like, yeah. It sounded like a strangled cat. I tweeted that. It was not a child. I, was, I think they have mistaken their baby for a cat, and Xander's out roaming in the countryside or something. I, I mean, there's, there's very few of, there's very few plots in the arches where I feel kind of like I am toe-to-toe with any experts or I'm toe-to-toe with any of the script writers like more often than not I try and so should so you know show some humility and sort of think oh actually you know there's a there's there's a forces at work here that perhaps trump my kind of personal interest but I have a toddler and I have done some absolute bastard commutes in my time and um and again Kerry and I were talking about this it's a very peculiar sensation when you're that tired and you're looking after a toddler I I uh, and I'd, I think Kerry agreed with me. I can imagine falling asleep with a toddler um, and, you know, crushing them to death when you're drunk or something like, you know, that's, you're not supposed to go to sleep with a toddler, et cetera. But I cannot imagine, no matter how tired you are, just passing out from, you know, from a commute. No, not a 20 mile commute. What What is he doing that's so very, very exhausting considering... Um, the person that he's working for, Christian What's-His-Face, double-barreled boil person, is just sort of fanning around on websites looking at things and has been a hairdresser. Yeah. It all sounds just very odd, doesn't it? And they're resenting Adam, aren't they? Because Adam has um, taken over Rowan's place, who Christian kicked out. Uh, but what? Why is Adam so very, very exhausted? Is it because he's having like loads of sex with Christian or something? <laughs> I, I can I can understand if they had if they you know well okay I mean first of all that's a horrible thought Adam having sex he's on the list of characters who just shouldn't mm. be allowed to have sex, um, but but you know like if if they they, they missold it if it was if it was just the the emotional toll of dealing with this new job and such an awkward character but they very clearly reference the commute as a big part of this haven't they that's the mm. that's the credibility gap for me i mean sorry to make this all about me my, my i've done 4 hour commute every day which of which an hour and a half no 2 hours was cycling so mm. you know i don't have any sympathy like i managed to do a long ass job and that um, and also go to the pub every day. <laughs> but his, so, yeah. his solution was peculiar too, wasn't it? Because he said, there are steps I can take, get more rest and get used to the journey. Yeah. And what? also man, man up and um, I don't like that phrase, but anyway, man up and turn around to your boss and say, look, this wasn't how what I was hired for. Now's the time to do it. Like quitting a job after four or five weeks and just saying this was missold, that looks fine on your resume. Putting in half a year and then quitting, that looks terrible. So if you just, you know, yeah. anyway. And why don't they get some childcare in? Why was that? He said, I, we agreed not to do that. Why? Why did they agree not to do that? Uh, I didn't understand that either. Is that, is that some kind of, um, you do get the impression that Ian is is very fastidious about the type of parents that he wants them to be and how how he wants them to look after Xander. No, that was the kind of, that's what I kind of took away from it. So finding your baby in the kitchen with some knives is fine. <laughs> is <it? laughs> I do like the idea of Adam being guilty by association with all the farm hands. And they were like, you know, he's responsible for getting the other guy sacked. Yes. 
and you know they're going to end up kind of like they're going to do these kind of like school bully things like strap him to the combine harvester and stuff that's where christian's going to find him it's like one of these um situations where uh you know it's like oh yes and then um uh, um you know apes in the congo learnt this technique and then um and then monkeys in northern japan were you performing the same um actions only half a year later like the farm hands across <laughs> the world kind of instinctively sort of learn about adam and his machiavellian ways and <laughs> sort of act in response also wouldn't you have your phone hooked up to bluetooth in the car if you're like farm business person you wouldn't miss five calls would you i think if you'd be a bit more switched on than that it was texts oh was it texts yeah i'm now going to undermine what i said uh my commute my mega commute i it was understood as part of my working hours that an hour of that commute was um time that i could do working while i was on the ferry you know so like adam it's like he's he's you know he he does he does a management job he he can turn the commute into meeting time everyone does that yeah i mean the good thing about it was that they seem to have decided they might move away so i'm really happy about that. i mean it's it's i mean i yeah it's too it's too it's too i mean it's a lot isn't it having adam back having pat back this week um the absolute monster of an episode that was monday listening to alice and her um her letters uh mm. it, yeah it was too much it was it was a big big ask for the listeners this week yeah what were the highlights really um i don't know laugh laughing sure. out loud at, at the chris for um, me <laughs> for me just laughing the bit that you pointed out the bit where oliver was like um no i'm not worried just sad <laughs> that was the bit where i was kind of chuckling to myself chris is particularly awful isn't he? he's very clumsy very suffocating yes he made a box a memory box thing when he said oh it's full of pictures videos what what videos are in this box um martha sitting up for the yeah, first time in what format yeah, good point. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit strange. The thing is, is that all of those things are artifacts that we all take on a daily basis of our families, anyway. Mm. So, at most, he spent fifteen minutes clumsily, you assume, <laughs> uh, uploading a selection of photos into you know one of these automatic devices mm. Sorry, you know if you're being super practical about it i mean it, it just wasn't it's in in years gone by the idea of laboriously going through a series of strips of negatives selecting pictures getting them printed <laughs> out putting them you know into one of those awful uh, um collection books i mean that's the effort but he didn't do that much and also you know he's he, he just been so dull this week and so oh, stupid yeah he was like oh, i've put stickers on with the dates and that <laughs> So it's almost like you ain't been away or nothing. It, I am I am stuck, as you both know, with that problem that when I I don't have to close my eyes because it it's radio. He is Mackenzie Crooks character yes! from The Office, Gareth Keenan to me. I thought that too this week, particularly. It was him. Yeah. And and that the thing is about that, I love Mackenzie Crook. Mm. And it's really hard when I hear Chris and I'm just, I'm imagining him as that. I know he's not yeah. that because I've seen, you know, I've seen the actor in, I've seen the actor in Game of Thrones briefly. So I know he's mm. not like that, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Strange. Especially when he sort of went, um, he started reading his letter and then he went, I stopped writing at that point because I, <laughs> I I'd written a sentence. And so, yeah, I couldn't really go any further. Yeah, even if you're really <laughs> bad at something like that, wouldn't you, you know, reach out to Harrison or someone and, get some help well he he mentioned harrison got a mention in the letter didn't oh, he did, yeah mm. well that was so, you know harrison i was i was going to write this sentence about when she snogged you what should i write <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean matthew it was it was quite when you think about it quite a, a harsh level of betrayal that chris has had to deal with this week yeah and you know you and i have felt some of those same Raw emotions, oh, no. because I know Kerry, what you. <laughs> yeah, Kerry, you're laughing. You're laughing, yeah. Kerry. I know what's coming. No, well, to anyone who hasn't uh, been watching Twitter this week, you will have you won't have known that Kerry has squashed mine and Matthew's well-published dreams. And do you not, Kerry? Matthew and I have really struggled to try and find a way of saying this to you. So we've actually well, we couldn't do a letter, but we've made a, a little something for you, Matthew. Matthew, are you okay with me playing it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. 
Okay, take your time, Matthew, and um, thank you for your honesty. Dear Kerry, in the autumn of 1986, my parents rented the movie Highlander on Betamax and thus began an artistic love affair that not only entertained but also educated me on the history of ancient civilizations, their languages, and their accents. My elation upon discovering Peter felt the same way about this masterpiece reaffirmed my faith in humanity, and therefore my hopes and dreams were high when you decided to watch this epic for the first time on Sunday. And I look forward to you live tweeting the similar impact it was having on your soul. What followed can only be described as devastating. Your words hurtful, and your willing inability to learn even one of the main protagonist's two names, and instead call him Raincoat Man, all this drove a metaphorical sword through my heart, deep enough to fell the greatest immortal. That was lovely. Are you ready, Peter? I am, Matthew. Thank you. Fear is such a powerful motivator, Kerry. I don't know what you're scared of and why it's making you behave the way you do. My anxiety stems from the knowledge that if we don't sort this out, then we, and I mean you, will risk everything we've worked so hard to create here at the Sidey Shed. Your crippling lack of appreciation for mid-80s fantasy action-adventure movies shouldn't stand in the way of your, my, and Matthew's friendship. Thank you, Kerry. my god my face hurts from laughing so much i thought i was going to be sacked then again <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'm, la- I'm laughing through the tears to be honest. Yeah, oh, that was absolutely superb and i am sorry for thinking it was absolute trash <laughs> I think I t- <laughs> is a high point of our, our of mankind's cultural output oh god I was watching It's a Sin last night and they've got a Highlander poster in the background of the Pink Palace. Every single, everything should have a Highlander poster in the background. Yeah. In fact, do you know, I will thank Carrie for something sincerely this time. I didn't realise how much I liked Highlander until I saw Carrie's avalanche of dismissal pouring in on her, you know, on her, her hate tweet. You call it dismissal and hate tweeting. All I did was describe what I was looking at. I tell you what really stuck in my crawl was then like all the Highlander Twitter types started like migrating towards Kerry going, hey, maybe you should listen to our podcast and you can win a book. I was like, yeah, I like it. She doesn't. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I tweeted about 100 tweets. I became possessed. And my, my son, Max, kept coming into the room looking with horror at what was on the screen. <laughs> Oh my god! But thank you for introducing me to it. It, it filled an evening. Yeah. Well, I mean, one person... filled half my life, Kerry. <laughs> one person said that they thought that now that Kerry had live tweeted it, there was absolutely no need for Matthew and I to do our, our uh, podcast special. And I can I can tell you that if anything, it's made it a dead cert that it will happen. <laughs> so, yeah. You definitely should still do that because I think obviously it's going to have a slightly different flavour to my tweets along, isn't well, you, it? You can be on that special, Kerry. It's just we'll we'll just fade you out. Okay. <laughs> we'll just edit, edit in bits of previous shows where you say, I completely agree. <laughs> okay. Not, not that you've ever said that on any of our podcasts. We could go super meta and um, do basically dissect Kerry's tweet along line mm. by line. Um, but that, you know, that's now, that's now. I wanted to screenshot it, but I didn't have enough memory on my phone. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty full on. Well, well, Kerry, mm. anyway, um, in very much in the spirit mm. that Alice, um, well, you didn't invite that feedback, but um, I hope that like Alice, you would have got something from that and yeah. maybe grown a little bit. Yeah, feedback is a gift. And I, I do have to warn you that someone's asked me to do tweet alongs about some other films. <laughs> Well, just leave mine and Matthew's films alone. If you, I will. You, if you lay a finger on Risky Business starring Rebecca Mornay, records of Rebecca de Mornay and Tom Cruise, or Weird Science, um, basically any of the movies from a very particular age in my life. Okay. So <laughs> they haven't been mentioned to me yet, so you're safe. Okay. What did we think about the actual letter scene? We've hammered Chris, but, I mean, Luke wasn't, wasn't much crack, was he, in the... Uh... In, in the rehab, that bit where Alice said, the food's good, wine list's not, wine list's not up to much, wouldn't you say, Luke? And then it was just silence. It's like, <laughs> that's a joke, you dry shit. Come yeah. on. I thought Jennifer was cracking, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Jennifer actress, superb. Um, you know, 
oh, she said something really, really poignant. Where is it? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, shit. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. But there was that bit about she said, like, you say all these horrible. We know you don't mean the things you say, but we know you mean to hurt us when you say them. Mm. And then she's like, my fear is that you'll say something like that and it'll be the last thing I ever hear you say. Which I thought that was pretty yes. bad. That, yeah, was like the yeah, ex- yeah. that was like the extreme version of like never let the sun go down on an argument, wasn't mm. it? But it was like she thinks there's going to be some terrible accident, which is understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the Jennifer part was moving. I mean, so there's t- okay overthinking it on two levels. Um, here's one was that like you know maybe the juxtaposition of Jennifer's very well thought out and poignant. Um, Mm. speech versus chris's inability to even finish two sentences sort of um held a light up to how shallow their relationship was without booze without um, yeah anything else going on i mean obviously then today uh um alice was saying how much she loves him and how much he means to her and how much she he was moved by how much she was moved by his box um <laughs> and, her, and him as well him the other way around was true to also um but uh it was just yeah i just it re- I mean, it was thinking thinking about it, it really did show how dull and how worthless Chris is when you heard yeah. it right after Jennifer. And you're right; it showed how they how little they get Alice and her problems, which is what she was saying tonight, isn't it? You know, these people don't get me; they don't get my struggle. Because as soon as they got in the car, Jen, Jennifer, and Chris, they were going, "She's so like the old Alice." And Chris straight away said, maybe we can be together again. It's like you've had one meeting um, with her after rehab. Also, I didn't really quite understand why Alice was coming home at this point. It felt like it had rehab hadn't been that long. Yeah, um, if... I'm going to channel my inner Kerry Warbus mm. here. Um, it didn't make any sense because um, they, they, they'd made a big hoopla over the fact that she might be, you know, uh, forced to go into a therapy group that she didn't uh, want to go into. Mm. And yet it was being released the next day. So mm-hmm. it was completely nonsensical that somehow she was sort of on a bound by, by uh, the, the machinations of the um, institution. Yeah, exactly. Well, she, she said to Luke at the end, I don't think I want to do it after they both left. Didn't she? She said yeah. she in relation to going home. Mm. So she was dreading it. But what's what's going on with Chris's vision? Is it some kind of like Christopher Walken in the dead zone thing? Because <laughs> yeah. he said, like, I'm I'm on the village green. There's crowds. It's the fate or summer. And I see you and you're walking towards me. And then he just stopped. I was like, is there going to be a plane crash into the flower and produce show on Sunday <laughs> or something? As Alice decides to come over and reconcile with him. But all yeah. of all of his all of his um sorry building on what Matthew was saying all of his comments were so shallow it was all about how pretty she was all the fun they had together there was no kind of substantive comments about mm. what he what she did for him as a as a person as a friend um and he's you know yeah. like he's been unbelievably cold to her all this time and she turns up with glowing skin and you know uh, perky tits and bum and all of a sudden you know chris is back ready to commit to the marriage yeah. he rustled was... up a thai car- curry and thought right i'm in here go. yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i can just get her drunk <laughs> oh god yeah it, he's such a shallow wit <laughs> thank you uh it's been a while if anyone if there's a, anyone in a parallel universe people play a peter fickling drinking game when listening to the pod you you know you can have a drink now uh as usual uh kerry has summed up what i tried to say in five minutes in about three seconds <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been we've been tiptoeing around it haven't we kerry just uh goes straight in there yeah. This little wonder she wants to run away. And I know we're supposed to think it's, you know, she's got to leave them because she loves them. But actually, she's got to leave them because Chris is really bloody annoying. Well, and she's not going to get the truth from him, is she? She's going to mm. get it from the doctor, her support, her sponsor, the yeah. clinics. She's not going to get it from Chris, who just who flip flops all the time. Yeah. And if you've if, if booze has been such a. In, you know, as be, like, beyond the addiction, like if you drink that much, it is a, there are practical elements to it. Like, you know, like just to, just managing your day. So much of her energy is taken up by, by her drinking. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, now she's, she's not a new person, but she's fundamentally, you know, she's got tens of hours every day to suddenly reassess her life and what she wants to do with it. And, you know, and that, I mean, 
I mean, it's lovely, lovely if she still could stay with Chris and see value in him. But it's it's, it's, it's completely understandable. She's just like, holy shit, what have I been? What have I, you know, she might have been regretting the waste in the other parts of her life. So why not with Chris as well? Yeah, he he didn't shine, did he? This week, I thought yeah. it was it was touching when she actually held Alice. No, she is Alice. She held yeah. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> she may well have held herself as well. I don't know when she held Martha and sort of went. She's grown so much, and and then she, her fingers were moving as if she was playing a piano. That was a bit strange, um, but holding her child in her arms made her really realise what she's missed. But that they've actually got through all of that without her, and might be better off without her. Mm. So uh, I didn't quite understand. Is she saying that um, she needs to? You know, she said she wants to leave Ambridge. She said she wants to get out away from Chris. She said multiple times that she thinks she, you know, Martha's better off without her. Is she leaving the whole situation or is she just leaving Chris? That's what I didn't work out. It seems from the conversation with Emma that she was intent on leaving Chris, at least in the short term. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. I imagine she was going away, away. But yeah, I could be wrong. Mm, it seemed to me that she was going to stick at, um, with Brian and Jenny and just okay. stay out of Chris and Martha's way. Uh, Emma seemed to do, because Emma likened it to her shame tour of the village, didn't she? Going oh, yeah. around and asking for money. Yeah. And that, there was that point when Alice said, did you stop loving Ed when he lost his job, when he was doing all that dodgy chemical mm. delivery stuff? And she said, I thought I did, but I, I never actually did. So it's. Do you think she's asking on from the perspective of Do you think Chris has stopped loving me, or do you think she's asking from the perspective of like reassuring herself that she might have fallen out of love with Chris? Yeah, the latter, I would say. You think? Okay. I thought it was all to do with her addiction. I thought it was to do with the fact that she, um, she need she doesn't have the willpower to uh of to avoid booze and to deal with being in a relationship with Chris. Like the fact that she loves Chris is a separate issue. Like it, mm. she can't not drink and be with Chris. Yeah. What I'd really like to learn more about, though, is why Harrison uses rock hard butter to uh, <laughs> <laughs> butter some bread for sandwiches. Butter and Uno slice. That was, uh, <laughs> there, was there was an advert that was uh, banned a couple of years ago i'm i'm wildly misremembering this basically the advert was two dads standing in a restaurant and it was like oh, aren't men stupid the two women walk into the store and they they save the day and it was like you know it was like ha 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 men are crap dads that was the joke and i felt there was a bit of that going on with harrison it was, like, it was just like you know <laughs> look at the stupid police man trying to help in the kitchen i mean everyone knows about how to how to butter some bread mm. they, they, they could have chosen something else it was just too clumsy and stupid um and i mean i'm not so i'm not a kind of sensitive flower when it comes to kind of you know uh, um, men being victims of sexism, but you know it's irritating when it happens. Why was he even there as part of that story? Why couldn't there be? Because because that guy who'd booked the, they were ludicrously undermanned on yeah. the day because that naughty boy Dennis was it? Had, yeah, Dennis had James. Him. Yeah, I mean that's a classic that someone says there's thirty people coming and seventy people show up, and they decided to grin and bear it and get on with it so harrison was there to, i don't know if he'd been invited or if he i mean they were going to send him out and do a joke do a stand-up routine yeah. and he went off mumbling didn't he right okay yeah. go and tell the punters some jokes there was only a dozen extra people oh uh, was it yeah so i think there's uh, bread and butter it's quite a lot of extra work there kerry and in, ca <laughs> in came jennifer going um the uh, olive oil is uh, kept over there the scone mixture needs warm milk because it does add that little extra something really patronizing but being super brilliantly efficient mm. and then fallon did that wonderful thing where she handed over the judging position because she said she had a catering, uh, cater event. catering gig that day but what would have happened if jennifer would have been like well i'll do the catering gig and you do <laughs> you do the judging fallon and be like oh shit <laughs> Did you did you notice there was a bit of uh, 
um, mm. background music that I had a kind of like flash. I could suddenly see the whole inside of that. Uh, is it a calf or is it a tea room? It's a tea mm. room, isn't it? I could suddenly see the whole thing. And it's all kind of, it, they basically, they had kind of like rockabilly kind of like um, jive music playing in the background. Mm. So a hellish place to try and relax. And all of a sudden you can see all of the, 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 the kind of cool stuff that Fallon's I'm, I'm getting in trouble here, Kerry. Matthew's going to go for me. But you can see all of the kind of like cool 1950s kind of Americana that's hung up all over the walls. Okay, I was just muting myself so you couldn't hear my screams. Yeah, um, with all the upcycled furniture. In well, there. there's, there's always some kind of like rockabilly or... Yeah. Yeah, she loves it, doesn't she? There's always yeah. a bit of that going on. Mm. Yeah, but it's too noisy. I mean, um, you know, I Enya Enya has no place except for in, you know in um, quiet cafes. I mean, sitting in a cafe, a bit of Enya comes on, lovely, perfect for eating. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at home, not at home. I'm talking <laughs> specifically. Yeah, Is that what know. Enya was created for? Yeah, like there's certain music. I, for instance, um, kind of um, sort of Dutch techno, kind of hardcore. If you have a deadline that you need to hit, and you mm. can't, you know, you're not, you, you, you're not allowed. The music can't distract from the work you're doing, but you need something to blot everything out else out. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect for that and nothing else. And I'm saying Enya for restaurants. Enya for scone eating. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, if mm. I had to, if I had to create a scone eating playlist, Enya would 100 percent be on it. I don't think that's what Enya thinks her music is for. I don't know. So you know, Pia, because I mean, she lives this kind of hermit, reclusive life in Ireland, and she's developed her own language. He's 40 yeah. stone, and it's all scone. <laughs> and jam. As lo- yeah, but, you know, does she warm the milk in the microwave first? No, because she doesn't have a microwave. No, she, she does it by kind of like crystals and sorcery. She warms uh, it between her thighs. <laughs> uh, ample. If we get sued by Enya and she has to come out of like you know, um, what was the guy that the reclusive aviator that went into Howard Hughes? Yeah, Howard Hughes style has to come into court to sue us. It will all be worth it. I bet you there are bell jars full of massive scony poos <laughs> in in Enya's reclusive home. You know, and by the way, it, one thing that comes through loud and proud with Enya's music is her sense of humour. So I bet if she did hear this, she would. She I would, mean, her music oh, is funny. You're right there. there is that, yeah. Well, this will test that sense of humour, wouldn't it? That famous yeah. Enya sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> and love of scones. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, this is, I feel very right about this. Okay, well, you take the stand first, Peter. Thank you, yeah. I'll, you know, um, Enya, love to hear from you. <laughs> It is all three of our names on the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, that's one of the first things I did was on the when I made the the little mini website in, in about, you know uh, on day one was I put at the bottom it says copyright all three of us just so if we do go down we all go down together. Okay, that's yeah. Fine. yeah. I mean, what what better thing to go down for than like Enya suing mm. the ass off you? Hobby podcast sued into oblivion by reclusive <laughs> Irish pop star. No, that, would, that surely would make the news. Yeah, bring it on, bring it on, love. Yeah, it would definitely make the Cork Examiner. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, high hopes, high hopes. Um, should should I do it? Should I do a, a, a naff and obvious segue? Yes, yeah. go for it. Yeah, um, mentioning the fact this is a hobbyist podcast, um, we were thinking of. Uh, we mentioned a long, long time ago that we do have some small costs, not too many. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, started up by a, a couple of not so famous journalists, and uh, they they've just put adverts everywhere, far too many. Um, and they have the Patreon requests. They haven't even they haven't even done their second second episode, and it's all there. So it did get me thinking that maybe we were in a position just to say um, maybe we could ask for some Patreon, um, and maybe we could do an advert or two. So anyway, we're going to research what's best, what's as unobtrusive as possible. But what we're probably going to do as well is either this Sunday or the Sunday after put in a. Um, uh, a couple of polls on Twitter just to sort of get people's feedback. So do keep an eye out and please um, uh, give us your feedback. But um, Kerry, this mm. is there is some exciting news because we do actually have our first advert. It comes from another podcast. There's no money attached, but I hope you don't mind. We're just going to pop it in now. Hi, I'm Matthew Weir. Oh. And I'm Peter Fickling. And, and together, together we are, are 
Exploring Betrayal. <laughs> it's a new podcast for anyone who's been stabbed in the back by a loved one. Or even the front. Have you nervously expressed passion for the cinema, only to have a sour-faced cow squash your enthusiasm? <laughs> Maybe a supposed friend metaphorically took your last pork scratching. Either, Either way, way, you'll love exploring it betrayal. betrayal. Available on none of the usual platforms. <laughs> All references to Terry Warbus are accidental and in no way legally actionable. <laughs> so yeah, um, adverts might be coming soon. Um, what do you think of that one, Kerry? Fuck you both. <laughs> Can I? I just need to be clear at this point that Peter scripted the word sour-faced cow. Yes, you bastard. I mean, I am a sour-faced cow. That's fine. That's legally binding. I don't mind that. You, you boys have been up to no good, and I love it. Yes, we we have we have technology and time, and we, <laughs> we use both of them. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, um, uh, in, all, in all seriousness, that would be probably the amount of advertising we'd be thinking of people. So, you know. Um, is that acceptable? Um, anyway, that's the kind of the kind of question we're going to answer. Ask. I mean, both. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you have made me laugh a lot. Well, Thank you know, you. I mean, that's that's that makes it worthwhile, I guess. Mm. Yeah, um, and it was fun to do as well. I got to spend, I got to hang out with Matthew yesterday, so that was um, that was good. Oh, welcome back, Kerry. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, cheers, love. <laughs> uh, so. Um, we mentioned Twitter. Kerry, what's our Twitter handle? It is at the Cider Shed Pod. And um, yeah, if you want to email us, it's hello at the Cider Shed dot com. I actually have a couple of people to respond to, but this week's been a nightmare. So sorry about that. Um, Matthew, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, our Instagram is the same as Twitter at the Cider Shed Pod. And our Facebook is the Cider Shed Podcast. And that's a Facebook group that you can just go in and join. Perfect. So please get in touch. Um, please give us feedback. Um, it's much appreciated. We have had, oh, please give us some reviews. We have read a few very um, oh. fun ones recently. Um, <laughs> very flattering. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And m- many other things we can't mention, but uh, <laughs> yeah. some uh, other reviews about other things that were yeah, very we, funny. Nothing to do with us, by the way. No, exactly. Disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. have never we have never written any reviews for anyone else. That is nope. as a cast iron fact and not a joke. Um, no. But yeah, uh, we but if we did, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we'd write. To be honest, someone, <laughs> someone reached into our souls uh, and then transcribed it. So anyway, <laughs> um, I feel like we're incriminating ourselves if for something we definitely didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, uh, um, I we don't know, need I, to do that. Yeah, Matthew, you, you you may leave it in, you may take it out. It's <laughs> entirely within your purview. Um, so I guess, um, are we going to say goodbye now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See you next week. It's nice to be back. And um, RIP Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let's definitely put out, each put out one of our favourite Norm MacDonald clips on, on for the Omnibus on Thursday, um, on Sunday. Yeah, I'm putting, I'll put out the Steve Irwin one, no matter how slightly bad taste someone might find it I'll do, the, I'll do the courtney thorn smith one lots of his stuff was very bad taste and absolutely brilliant yeah agreed. like us <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yeah see ya bye bye chris you're ready to read your letter i am if alice is okay with that please i just want to know what you think uh, yeah um two lesbians probably Sisters, I'm just watching. Hello.